Welcome to CrossFit Versus Pregnancy, the podcast for the first time or new fit mum who's looking for reassurance and guidance about training throughout their pregnancy. I'm Misha, a coach who went from competitive bodybuilder to crossfitter to expecting first time mum all in 18 months. Having searched through what feels like the entire web for do's and don'ts, I realised that the best way I could prepare for a CrossFit baby would be to speak to those with first-hand experience and share mine week by week. From coaches to athletes, new mums to veteran parents, you can follow my CrossFit pregnancy journey as well as learn from those who have successfully lived through it. Welcome back everyone, it's Misha here for CrossFit versus Pregnancy. I've missed you guys, I've had a little bit of time off having been juggling a million things but I'm back and I'm really excited to welcome a wonderful guest today who's going to give us a completely different insight into what happens with our bodies and what we need to prepare ourselves for when it comes to training in pregnancy and post-pregnancy. So let me tell you a little bit about our guest today. She is an MSK and pelvic health physiotherapist, qualified and working for 17 years in the industry. In the early days, Layla recognised she was seeing a lot of women with back pain or pelvic pain that they would associate with pregnancy or pelvic floor problems. So this drove her to complete her master's in women's health physiotherapy. She now runs a private clinic in Birmingham where she specialises in muscle and joint injuries and pelvic health physiotherapy, including pregnancy-related PGP, which we've spoken about on the pod before, pelvic floor problems such as incontinence, prolapse and sexual pain. She is a keen exerciser herself, loves running the gym and strength and conditioning work And she has two boys of her own who are six and eight. So we are in really good hands with someone who's lived it themselves. So this is a wonderful time to introduce Layla Holmes. Hi, Layla. Hello, Misha. Thank you very much for having me on your podcast today. Oh, it's Um, an absolute pleasure. I'm really grateful for you to be here and to just give us an insight into a side that I don't think is spoken about enough in pregnancy. Um, Certainly what we've found so far on our journey is that you are somebody that most women tend to encounter post-pregnancy, not necessarily before the baby arrives. So let's just start off by you giving us a little bit of an introduction about what what a women's health physiotherapist does. A women's health physiotherapist um, is a specialist pelvic health physiotherapist, and the two terms tend to be or can be used interchangeably now. Um, But we specialise in assessing the pelvis, the joints of the pelvis, um, including the lower back, and also the pelvic floor. So that involves assessing women in pregnancy. Um, it also means problems associated, other problems associated with pregnancy, like rib pain, mid-back pain, um, carpal tunnel syndrome. Um, and we can also give advice on exercise and go through exercises during maintaining your core control and strength during pregnancy so management during pregnancy is a huge part of the pelvic health physio postpartum rehab as well to get women back to strength after having a baby and to assess those muscle changes so pelvic um, 
health as well, pelvic floor dysfunction mm. problems that pelvic health and women's health physio physios help with are symptoms of incontinence. So that's bladder or bowel, so weeing or pooing incontinence. Um, prolapse, so heaviness, dragging or bulging symptoms through the pelvic floor or lowering or dragging symptoms through the lower abdomen. Um, sexual pain and dysfunction, pelvic pain as well, working with hyperactive and high tone pelvic floors, um, also specialising in abdominal rehab as well. And I suppose to highlight from this, it's, it is as a pelvic health and women's health physiotherapist, our role to be specialists within um, pregnancy, postnatal mm. and perimenopause and menopause um, and we all might have specialisms within that as well so there are specialisms within specialisms I suppose some with pelvic health physios really specialise in managing pelvic pain some in bowel dysfunction and I'd suppose that's where I really fit in with this podcast in that my specialism would be within women's health is promoting and maintaining activity and function during pregnancy and postpartum and enabling women to safely and effectively exercise during pregnancy and get back to exercise postpartum. That's amazing. And I've noticed yeah. that you've recently um, got yourself a, an affiliation or um, some yeah. kind of w w in, in relation to women staying really active in pregnancy, which was amazing to read. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I, um, as a women's health specialist physio, I have done my master's in women's health um, and that's obviously given me a lot of good theory and practical and I've got a lot of experience with managing women and activity, pregnancy, postpartum. But I really wanted to um, get a bit more of an idea how publicly we can make women aware of other organisations that are inputting in health, healthy and safe activity during pregnancy. And the Active Pregnancy Foundation is a fabulous resource for this. Um, so I've been looking at their work and they have been... Um, they have been training specialists, fitness professionals, physiotherapists, um, etc. on becoming a This Mom Moves ambassador. So we've completed training um, and sort of a few little tests as well on um, activity during pregnancy and postpartum to become a This Mom Moves ambassador. So that means that I can now deliver that training as well to other people, but also that I've got the knowledge and skills to help um, promote physical activity and awareness of safe and effective exercise in pregnancy and postpartum. And I've also got access to a lot of lovely resources to help me do that. Mm. So that's a really nice network to be involved in and help yeah. to promote. So hopefully people will see that and then I can share that knowledge on how to safely and effectively exercise Amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's funny you should bring up um, the Active Pregnancy Foundation, actually. It's not something that I've brought up on the podcast as of yet. However, mm. I have been in touch with the founder mm. herself and we have spoken about some of her specialists who we're going to get involved with the podcast. Um, so I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huge uh, advocate for the foundation myself. And for anyone listening, mm. if you want to go and have a look at what they do, um, they align with 
with some amazing professionals from such an array of um, experience and careers and everything. So go and check out the Active Pregnancy podcast for sure. Um, but in line with that, what Layla has is, is just said is that you're essentially now working alongside what they've educated you with to be able to promote activity in pregnancy, which is music to my ears because it really is such a, seems to be such a, a bit of a, a new um, a new passion within the industry to understand women training in pregnancy. It's not something that historically was seen as the right thing to do. Um, so it's all about educating women, well, actually all people now to understand that it's definitely the right thing to do. Um, for each individual, of course, personalised to each person. Yeah, well, I wanted to just point out from what you've just said about increasing everybody's awareness of exercise during pregnancy is we've got to remember that up to about 85% of women will have a baby in their lifetime. So if you work with women in a gym setting or in a rehab setting, you're likely to see pre and postnatal women. So we should yeah. be having these areas of resources to be able to tap into the knowledge that we need to to manage that these women effectively yeah and and another thing from what you said was really that um it's such a a, because it is an area where it's it can become a barrier to exercise um when women become pregnant for a variety of reasons whether it be they have sickness or they have any pain or they're really worried. It may have taken them a while to get pregnant and just want to make sure that everything's okay or they're not sure what to do um, and they're not sure about the guidelines. It, it can stop women from exercising and this yeah. is where I think if we can make the information easier to access then we can keep women more active during pregnancy and therefore healthier because we know there are so many benefits to exercise during pregnancy. Um, and then it can it, it stands better for your postpartum recovery and then being able to exercise postpartum. So because we know from recent research during COVID that pre-pregnancy women reported to be quite active and about 46.5% of women said they were active before pregnancy. But post-pregnancy, this figure drops to about 25%. So we've got to really be tapping in as fitness professionals, pelvic health physios, um, gym pros, to just make people, um, help them address any issues during pregnancy to help them stay active. So absolutely right. And I'm glad that you did say it because something that I and we in throughout this uh, creation of this podcast so far has really struggled with is finding more specific guidelines away from the generalized guidelines from the NHS which is just 150 minutes of activity per week for people that are a little bit more specialist you know like you say whether it is the professionals or the individuals wanting to take part you're absolutely Mm. right the fear of continuing what people have done pre-pregnancy is is very real and the Mm. guidelines are very difficult to find if any certainly for Mm. the the Public, let alone professionals it's been something that I've been researching for well mm. for, for a long time and and it's taken a lot of effort and a lot of 
real deep diving into some into some seriously you know uh, specific areas yeah. Um, yeah. that most people you know in the just general public wouldn't take the time to do so you're absolutely yeah. right it's definitely about that so let's think a little bit more about what your personal opinion about exercise in pregnancy I mean you obviously have two boys yourself so let's yes. think more about your uh starting with your own experience of exercise in pregnancy I was um quite happily exercising throughout my pregnancy though I did have to do uh, one of the factors I was going to discuss about today was really grading pacing and your attitude to exercise as well. So I felt pretty good during my pregnancy, which was great. You know, I didn't really get any sickness, um, but I did get tired and I had to listen to my body mm. and I got fatigued and had to listen to my body. And this is something that I think not being pregnant I would have pushed myself because, oh, you're being lazy, get up, go do it. Oh, it's the end of the day at work. Go on, you can still do it. But in pregnancy, we have to change our attitude to that that calling. If your body is saying that you're tired, you're fatigued, you have to listen to it more in pregnancy. We don't push through things in pregnancy. So being aware of that was how I adapted some of my training. But... Mm. um, and also pacing myself on the days that I couldn't do my normal eight-kilometre run, I would make sure that I was comfortably doing a 5K run and not so much of a Healy run. Because um, I noticed very much as my pregnancy progressed, 20 weeks onwards, I'd get very short of breath quickly, mm-hmm. you know, or I'd get shorter of breath quicker. And and that would that was a big, big change for me. I, I'm not really trying as hard, but I, oh, you have just gone up a hill and that's mm-hmm. why your, yeah. your breathing is more strained. And knowing that that was okay, so I didn't panic, was important. Yeah. I did get some strain around my pubic bone in my first pregnancy. I'd get a little bit of shooting pain up through my Simpsons pubis joint. Um, so what I did use is a support belt for a, a little bit more um compression around the pelvis and to help just lift a bit of the weight and pressure off through my pelvis mm. and that helped i needed that maybe for a few weeks and i think i was probably getting a hormonal surge at that sort of 22 to 24 weeks which was making everything feel a little bit more strained a bit of a growth spurt maybe for baby so it was listening and adapting to what i was needed needing and also not panicking or worrying about the fact that I, I needed or felt good support from a support belt. I think some women think, oh, my gosh, I need a belt to be able to comfortably walk a bit more mm-hmm. or to keep active and get to the corner shop. Or, But it, it, it it's not. It's an adjunct to help you be able to function more normally, keep more normal movement patterns. Mm-hmm. Um so that sort of continued. I did that through my second pregnancy as well. It's a lot harder during your second pregnancy because you've got a little, another child to look after. So you've got less time. So you yeah. have to adapt what you can do. But yeah, with my first pregnancy, I was in, in a spin class the day before because I felt comfortable yeah. to do that, you know. Um, and I think this is it. It's making sure we listen to our bodies and what feels good for you. And I think... One thing we've also got to be aware of is 
no pregnancy is the same and no two people are the same. So that's where it comes a bit grey with guidelines anyway because we always have to adapt them to the individual in front of us yeah. as well. And we've always got to make sure that we are really, and especially during pregnancy, recognising the physiological capabilities of that individual. So genetically, our bodies and tissue types are different, which creates different challenges and our pregnancy hormones will have bearings and they'll be different for all of us at different stages during pregnancy so scaling movements and scaling your exercise especially if you're used to exercising a lot is not a sign of weakness and that's something to really be aware of and i think we have discussed that previously it's not a sign to sort of like push through things it's a sign where you are really starting to be in tune with your body and your mind Definitely. I appreciate that so much, especially coming from such a competitive background. Uh, Yeah, it's it's very, very easy to have that continuously throughout your pregnancy and try and fight through it. But actually, you've got to remember that that your body is doing something, especially for me and other women, it's their first time that that it's never had to do before. So Mm -hmm. you you really, truly need to listen. And I I think as my pregnancy has gone on, I've got better at that. At first, it was frustrating, to say the least. But like you, you, you adapt and you recognise the need to yeah. adapt as, as it goes on. Okay, so what is the most common concern that women have in pregnancy when they come to you? Or perhaps if they don't come to you, perhaps they were they talk about it post postpartum as well. You know, what, what's the most common uh, concern? Pain. I would say yeah. pain. When people um, come and see me during pregnancy it's mainly because they're concerned about pain around their pelvis around their back um, and postpartum similarly they will say their barrier to movement to exercise was pain yeah. and if they didn't know where they could get that addressed they just put up with it um, so this is where during pregnancy if we can have input um, on maintaining certain key things to help you load the pelvis well, position well, to help you train and exercise more comfortably, then that's absolutely great. Mm. So when I see people in pregnancy, um, often it can be pain in the pubic bone again, pain in the outside of their hips. So pelvic girdle pain is anywhere, pain anywhere around the pelvis. Sure. So in your, in your pubic bone area, in your groin, in the outside of your hips, around the very, very lower part of your back. Sometimes people have dimples in those areas, the sacroiliac joints right at the base of the back. Any pain around there, and it can radiate down the fronts of the legs to the knees and the back of the legs to the back of the knees. Um, and it's very debilitating for women, or it can be, because the role of our pelvis is essentially to control the weight from one leg to the other mm-hmm. and to help transfer our body weight from sitting to standing, which pretty much covers every movement that we need to do, really. Yeah, right. So if we're walking, if we're running, if we're going upstairs, if we're getting from sitting to standing or lying down to sit mm-hmm. to stand, our pelvis has a huge role in controlling that. So it can really affect women's ability to have comfortable day activities of daily living, let alone exercise. Sure. So 
often it's quite helpful that women come during pregnancy because we address these issues um hopefully get them back to doing some form of exercise comfortably and then postpartum you are already better equipped um with the types of things you need to be starting to do to help the core activation to help your positioning um your breathing and the pressure control through your pelvis, which were all key things I was going to discuss with you as well. Yeah, yeah. We'll definitely yeah. get on to that. We'll definitely get on to yeah. the, key, the key things in a moment. I think yeah. something that really interests me, obviously I have sh- I have actually shared a couple of es- episodes ago that I was going to see you and my reasons yeah, for that were mm. not because I was in pain but because I wanted to make sure that I was doing right by my Mm. body right by my baby yeah Um, Yeah. prepare myself as you've said for the best possible outcome within labor and then postnatal as well which I think Mm. a lot of women would think well that you know maybe you're being a bit you know over cautious because there is no problem but a lot of problem Mm. a lot of things that people tend to find when it comes to going see a professional about rehabilitation or pain or a problem that's occurred is that they normally go a bit too late and if we can preempt these things and prevent them from happening in the first place just like injury prevention essentially Mm. then we're putting ourselves in a much better position for when these you know this huge huge life-changing moment of labor um happens i'd I'd just like to say started to get a really good number of people through doing exactly how you what you did sorry misha in that coming to see me to look after their body to pre to because we are what's wonderful is people are starting to recognize that your body's going through a huge changes and we need to make sure that we are looking after these changes as best possible to look after ourselves look after baby and look after the condition of our pelvis wall and our core muscles while we're pregnant. So it it is coming through. I have to say that women that I tend to see like that are already very keen exercisers, really high-level PTs, you know, and hopefully we can get that more to general public, people who just, you know, are keen to stay active and look after themselves during pregnancy. So it's a really great thing that you're promoting there because I think it's hugely important. So thank you. Something that has interested me is I don't obviously I haven't had any extremes or anything, but what's the most overlooked physical change that happens in pregnancy that perhaps people don't you've mentioned that pain is the thing that people come to you for help or guidance with. But what's what do you think is the most overlooked consequence of pregnancy? Um, I would probably say the most overlooked consequence is pelvic floor problems. Our right. pelvic floor problems, sure. sorry. Mm. Um, so, come postpartum, I think if they're not getting um, any pelvic floor problems, it's quite hard to for them to understand that that might become a problem. So, yeah. with our with our pelvic floor muscles, they very they are the floor of our pelvis. So. They're the only horizontal weight-bearing muscle group of the whole body. And they um, help to support our bladder, our bowel, and our womb. And the very fact that we have extra weight in our pelvis during our pregnancy due to the weight of our baby means that we have extra pressure 
on our pelvic floor muscles and extra weight on our pelvic floor muscles. So regardless of how we deliver, our pelvic floor has already had nine months of extra weight and pressure on it. So it will have gone through a certain amount of change and therefore weakness and altered function. Then when we birth vaginally, we get extra stretch through the pelvic floor muscles. Um, What we can also get when we birth vaginally is potentially tearing of the pelvic floor muscles or the need for an episiotomy, which is a cut through the pelvic floor muscles. And from that, we get scar tissue, and scar tissue has to form to enable cuts and tears to heal properly. It's our body's natural way of healing that tissue, sure. and it needs to happen. But scar tissue, <coughs> by its very nature, is thick and relatively mm-hmm. immobile. So if we have that tissue within elastic muscles, then it will affect its function and how it can slide and glide. Yeah. So that's with, a, with, um, so with both C-section deliveries and with vaginal deliveries, the pelvic floor will have been through change. So it is important to get that addressed postpartum because it, it is it can be overlooked. And it's also important for pelvic health in the future as the demands of lifting a heavier baby, a heavier toddler get yeah. more, and you have more pressure being put down through the pelvic floor. Your pelvic floor needs to be strong enough um, and to work effectively enough to withstand those pressures. And then also to prepare yourself for even more of the later stages in life, the perimenopause, when these muscles can tend to get thinner and weaker as well. So it's making sure we really have essentially at the, after the injury to prevent further injury because we know that the structures have essentially changed. Yeah. And it's also important to help um, make women aware that the pelvic floor muscles are part of your core muscle structure. Um, they work with your deep abdominals and with your diaphragm to control the pressure So through the abdomen. So if you want to have good abs postpartum, we need to make sure you're controlling the pressure well. And your pelvic floor is good as yeah. well. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely pelvic floor. Let's let's look at the pelvic floor generally and then let's go on to what you can give to currently pregnant or expecting uh, mums. Obviously, we can't predict birth. We can't predict what's going to happen, any intervention, the need for an emergency C-section, etc. However, what can we do to prepare our bodies and ourselves to um, really get that pelvic floor in the right place for, uh, you know, an effective labour and then postpartum we can do our pelvic floor exercises which i think is probably the most obvious thing to suggest from that um Mm -hmm. so by that we need i mean we need to practice our pelvic floor exercises our slow squeezes which work on low levels of energy so it's a gentle squeeze and they work for longer periods of time sort of support the pelvic organs when we're sitting standing and walking so we need to practice our slow squeezes And we also need to practice our fast squeezes. And they're the fast um, muscle fibres of the pelvic floor that work with sudden increases in pressure. So when we cough, sneeze, run, jump, the pelvic floor muscles really need to be able to switch on. So ideally, during pregnancy, we want to be practicing our pelvic floor exercises. And ideally, at a level that suits you. So making sure that when you are doing your pelvic floor exercises, you're not trying to hold a gentle squeeze 
beef for 10 seconds, for example, if it's meaning you're squeezing your bum cheeks together and overworking your inner thighs or holding your breath, for example. So we need to make sure that our pelvic floor exercises are done properly. So that can be checked with a pelvic health physiotherapist where you can take a few pointers from here today really is what's very important is when we are training muscles, whether you're being still sitting or standing or when you're exercising, is your pelvis is in a good position so your pelvic floor is loaded well. If we tend to slouch, we've already got too much squashed force down through the pelvic floor. If you're sitting too arched, your pelvic floor can be quite lengthened. So it's making sure your muscles are in the right length and tension for us to start exercising them. So moving the pelvis forwards, moving it backwards, and trying to find the middle of those positions is really useful to start getting a good um, amount of tone through the pelvic floor. And our pelvic tilt can change quite a lot during pregnancy. So it's just still engaging with that area to make sure that we are loading the pelvic floor well even before we start exercising it Mm -hmm. so we've got pelvic tilting and positioning which is key your pelvic floor exercises and to do those properly we're really thinking about closing the back passage as though we're trapping wind and we're closing um, the vagina from side to side and then we close the urethra where we were out of at the front so it's one movement but we're thinking of closing and squeezing from the back to the front so it's a squeeze and a lift from the back up to the front and as you're doing that you might feel a gentle tension in your lower abdominal wall but nothing that is creating um, you to hold your breath Mm. or nothing that is creating excessive tension in your inner thighs or in your glute muscles. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, so we've got positioning, we've got your pelvic floor exercises. Then what's really important is controlling pressure. So we need to make sure to look after your pelvic floor um, that we are controlling pressure down through it. So this is important as well with managing um, bowel health, so making sure we're not getting constipated, we're not um, straining on the toilet, we're making sure that we're not lifting things and holding our breath, which is causing an extra strain and stretch through the pelvic floor. So pressure control is essential and it's challenged during pregnancy because we've got stretched abdominals and we've got stretched pelvic floor muscles Mm. and there's more pressure being put through them because of the extra weight so that's a challenge during pregnancy is the pressure control through our abdominals and our pelvic floor Mm. so we've already got to look after the pelvic floor positioning pelvic floor exercises pressure control and really important is your breathing because right. our diaphragm underneath our ribs gets squashed because of baby growing, which therefore means we don't quite so regularly um, take our lovely deep breaths into the belly and we're also quite limited with the amount that we can take those breath yeah, breaths yeah. into the belly. Um, so this is really important to try and still maintain is some lovely movement through the diaphragm and that will require a good positioning as well so we're not rounding into that C shape and squashing our diaphragm regularly. 
because postpartum we can get quite a bit of stiffness in the diaphragm as well and tightness in the diaphragm because we've not been able to move it quite so well so yeah definitely things to consider to help your pelvic floor during pregnancy pressure control your pelvic floor exercises um positioning and your breathing for sure and the grading and pacing we were talking about and making sure when you are exercising if you do get any signs of pelvic floor dysfunction so that being leaking or any pain or heaviness dragging or bulging sensations through your pelvic floor that you stop and you make sure that ideally you modify your activity and ideally that's a sign your pelvic floor is weaker and you see a pelvic health physiotherapist to give you some key pointers on managing that through your pregnancy Mm. as well yeah that's so 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 in depth and I really appreciate that because I think something as you were speaking I'm sure most women that are listening were doing it doing what you were saying yeah you can't really help it can you but something even with my extensive experience within the fitness industry and what I'd like to think is a pretty good um, knowledge about my own body and women's health is the way Mm. that you've explained how to perform the contraction isn't just Mm. about squeezing tight and holding it I think that the need Mm. for both long and short contractions is it is exactly like you say you don't even think about it. you don't perhaps don't even consider that we need to do those mm. things but actually it's so relative not just to right now what we're living in pregnancy in exercise but during mm. birth as well i can yeah. imagine that that's really important just something that i took from what you said quick question about the pressure uh, that that's created and and how the pelvic floor plays a big function in that is pelvic floor health relative to whether someone gets piles or not yeah 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 so piles is essentially pressure down through your back passage which is part of your pelvic floor Mm -hmm. and this is why um it's important with men as well that they are able to control their pelvic floor when they're weight training and things like that um but yeah with piles it's essentially the um piles or hemorrhoids whichever way we want to to, however way we want to turn it's bulging of the blood vessels around the back passage or it can be inside internally and it is because the the pressure isn't being quite so well controlled around Mm. the back passage Mm. now that is can be more common during pregnancy again because of the pressure down through the pelvic floor naturally because of the extra weight of the baby also bowel movements the how the consistency and then your habit during pregnancy can alter because our gut function can alter a little bit and postpartum so you might notice your stools are a bit harder or a bit softer because both of those can cause a few issues around the back passage so if it's harder we tend to want to go through the pelvic floor which puts a lot of pressure downwards which Mm. therefore can cause the bulging of those blood vessels um and if we're too runny sometimes with our poo, then it can mean that we're really trying to squeeze around about passage loads because we're aware that we're quite loose. Yeah. Um, and then that can mean that your anal sphincter can get quite tight yeah. and that when you do need to pass, it's quite difficult. So um, absolutely, hemorrhoids, piles is a definite part of pelvic health and pressure control. So essentially, when we lift and train during pregnancy, it's really key we do not hold our breath. When we hold our breath, our pelvic floor 
becomes rigid and can't respond to any pressure control or pressure changes within the abdomen properly. So we need to make sure that when we've got extra weight, when we've got extra resistance, that we are breathing out and squeezing our pelvic floor again. And we're not going, Yeah. That's key, that's key. (laughs) Absolutely. I'm aware of time, so I'm hoping that at a later date, perhaps when I'm about to pop or when I have the baby, we can catch up again and talk further down the line when, you know, perhaps things will have progressed and changed for me and what I need and the guidance that I need. But what I would really love, just you've given us such an amazing insight into, I think, some really key, important things that we need to recognise throughout our pregnancies to prepare us for birth and and postpartum what would be the advice that you give to mums um you know in a general term not necessarily people that are high achieving when it comes to exercise but in general term in order to feel strong and capable during their pregnancies yeah yeah what I would probably say is a key thing that we need to start being aware of during pregnancy is our awareness of our pelvic floor and as a part of our strength, our very centre, the pelvic floor and our deep abdominal wall are the very centre of our bodies. And what I would really, really like is for us to start seeing the pelvic floor when we are training as something that we should be engaging with or aware of, yeah. like we are any other muscle group. You know, if you're training your arms, you're doing some squats or anything like that, that we're aware, what's my pelvic floor doing as well? Yeah. So. It would be to just start increasing awareness of your pelvic floor in whichever way that is, visualising the pelvic floor, getting your legs into a different position, spreading them wider or closer together, seeing how the pelvic floor adapts to that change. Just so we're seeing the floor of our pelvis as not just an area where we can, that controls sensitive functions, but an area for muscular function as well. That would be my key, really, to see it as start as part of our centre, part of our very core of movement and increase awareness there. And and like you say, not just if we are c- conditioned exercises, even if your uh, exercise isn't something that is intense or deemed to be uh, anything that's difficult, even if you're a walker or, you know, something that you deem to be fairly moderate or in impactful um it's so important and I couldn't agree more coming to see you Layla was a real eye-opener for me we went through a few fundamental exercises to really establish that connection whilst I'm exercising which I think I'm capable of but until I was advised or directed to do it it's now something that I'm much more conditioned to just do when when I'm exercising which has been a real right I mean it's just been really yeah. really helpful going forward and I'm sure it will continue yeah. to to help me um as I get heavier or bigger as well yeah. so really yeah. great well is there anything yeah. that you feel that you want to finish with just to give us anything yeah. else yeah there's something and from what you just said actually Misha is hopefully <clears throat> what should happen now with you being aware of your pelvic floor more and how to exercise it with the movements that you tend to use during exercise and how you exercise 
you should hopefully feel stronger that your technique is actually even better even yeah. more controlled that you can perform in a stronger way now uh, because you're all, all connected essentially you know mm -hmm. and and so hopefully with exercise when we are more aware of our pelvic floor and we're more mindful of our positioning and loading through the pelvic floor when we exercise we feel stronger and we are stronger so yeah that's a, a really really key point to uh i think highlight as well definitely and for everyone out there is there another way of, you know, if they're local to you in Birmingham, how can mm -hmm. we get in touch? And if not, yeah. then are, is there any kind of sort of affiliation for women's yes. physiotherapists yeah. that they can find one for themselves? Yeah, absolutely. So um, if you live in Birmingham or around Birmingham and want to come and see me, I'm Physio Advantage on Instagram or Facebook. Um, or leila.homes at physioadvantage.co.uk is a fab email to just contact me on. Also, there is um, the Chartered Society of Physiotherapy website where you can look for a local practitioner, Perfect. women's health physio, so www.csp.org.uk. There's also the Pelvic and Obstetric and Gynecologist physiotherapy association which is the pogp for short thank goodness um <laughs> and they have a website so if you go on to the pogp website you can search for a local practitioner there so they're both useful sites to go for really really helpful no that's great and and Super. i think Thank you so thank you so much for uh, coming on and and sharing your amazing experience and, and knowledge. Uh, I'm sure it will incite so many as well as myself. And mm -hmm. I look forward to hopefully having you back on in the future to share more of your insights. Bam. And I'm more than happy. Yeah. And I will see you in just over a week's time for my appointment. Yay! <laughs> look forward to it, Misha. Thank you for having me. No, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much, Layla. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Bye. So that was Layla Holmes with us, a women's health physiotherapist. So grateful for Layla coming on after she agreed to jump on the podcast after only meeting her once for my own personal appointment. So thanks again, Layla, for sharing some amazing information. I'm sure you will agree, ladies. So for anyone that has any questions, you can get in touch with Layla. Her details are in the episode notes. Failing that, if there's anything that you would like me to ask physiotherapists on your behalf, I'm planning on having another couple of women's health physiotherapists involved in the podcast. So looking ahead for that, if you have any questions for them in relation to yourself, your pelvic health, or anything else that you're perhaps struggling with or concerned about in your pregnancy, you can get in touch with me directly at info at mishapt.com or you can head over to all of the socials relating to me or the CrossFit versus Pregnancy podcast. All the info is in the episode notes for you to see. So thanks again for listening. I will be back next week with another amazing guest. I'm truly grateful for her coming on board. I won't give anything away yet. In the meantime, you guys take care and I'll be back soon. Bye. Bye.